0: how's everybody doing second live of the day we had a quick interruption they finally are working on our network here for uh uh for uh, our internet and stuff like that i mean we did have a storm not too long ago that wiped out pretty much the entire area i live in i do live in southwest florida and we had some very serious issues um it still is like kind of might be spotty so i just want to let everybody know i'm gonna do the very best i can to make sure we stay on and good I did want to present this video. Um, You know the the tough part about what I do is that I really like. I it's like you're caught in a rock in a hard place in a lot of spots, right? Uh, People should lose weight. Being obese is unhealthy for you. I'm happy when people acknowledge that. But then there's the other extreme where people take you know advantage and they really do. Like there's a huge portion of the fitness industry, pharmaceutical industry, and, uh, healthcare industry that take advantage of people's weaknesses. And it's just, a, it's a really large problem. Um, and I just hope that like people gather that I want people to lose weight, not because of their looks, but because it's what's best for the person's health uh society, our healthcare system, our country financially, and uh as you look at societal burden of disease, and even the planet, because the planet does, in fact, uh, when you are gluttoning yourself on a daily basis with a lot of food, which we're not going to joke, we're not going to pretend, uh, on my channel at least, that people aren't fat as fuck because they're it's they eat like a rabbit and all of a sudden they just blow up that's not a really realistic thing there are people that do have and i mean i mean i mean this there are people that do have a harder time losing weight but not one person could not lose weight without pharmaceuticals not one um i personally like i am a partner in this product right up here it's called no morbidity it is a non-stimulant non-thermogenic based appetite suppressant based off of natural occurring extracts it is supplementation um the Slimaluna, which is one of the ingredients of it, comes from a cactus. It comes from like a succulent plant. Um, KSM and KSM sixty six is basically ashwagandha. There's so many other things in it. Garcitrin is basically uh, you know comes from rinds of fruits and stuff like that. There's it's natural ingredients. It's ancient wisdom with modern methods. Like that's that's what it is. Um, and I'm not necessarily against. The pharmaceutical side of it, although I do find it kind of crazy that people somehow view pharmaceuticals as, uh, you know, completely 100% effective, and they view supplementation as ineffective. And if you don't believe that that is by design, uh, you, you really should, like, wake up a little bit. Like, it is absolutely by design that it is viewed that the only fixes for societal ills our pharmaceuticals pills that sort of thing Um, it's just the same thing in how we uh, uh, people get depressed so instead of us talking our problems out or working them out in some way or anything else like that we have people that just automatically uh, get prescribed antidepressants and stuff like that, SSRIs, which there's a huge, a lot of uh, data showing right now that they were completely wrong about that, that serotonin levels don't even really affect depression. Same thing as how we've been treating Alzheimer's patients for decades now, wrong based off of fraudulent data from the start, and it just kind of grew off of there. Um, how things are seen as, you know, like they downplay the effectiveness of just even getting proper exercise, nutrition, not eating processed foods, even though it is acknowledged that processed foods do, in fact, cause inflammation and they cause all sorts of stuff, um, all, all sorts of other issues, uh, depression, those sorts of things. But they're not. They don't. We don't really talk about not ingesting those. Uh, we've got it to the point now where children are so incredibly medicated. There's something like seventy-two vaccines that children have to take before they can go to school. 72. fucking two. I mean we have immune systems that evolved for a reason, like just so everybody understands. Um, And beyond that, we also are starting to prescribe like they'll they'll prescribe oxycodone for pain relief to children as early as like 10 or 12 or something like that. That's just entirely like, it's just insanity that we are willing to, you know, drug children to this way. Like children are extremely resilient creatures. And, uh, Physiologically, they're very adaptive, and you can change their lifestyles decently easily just by building healthier habits. And it is kind of a disgusting display of how children have been treated in the last couple of years. We don't really care about, uh, like, we don't really care about uh, their well-being when it comes to going to school and. Uh, I, I just don't know if, uh, if if it's being viewed this way. And the other thing is that for uh, well over a year now, I have been warning people that the wave of type 2 diabetes and uh, poor health outcomes that are going to start crushing our healthcare system is going to be biblical. And it was also, and I did warn about this too, I, I've been very open that The continued fattening of the country through forced lockdown and, you know, closing gyms and everything like that. We were already very, 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 very obese uh, before 2020. Like the 2018 numbers that everybody uses right now, those are 2018 numbers. That's when they released is, was 42.5% obesity. Um, It's 2023 and we did have an entire year that we, pretty much closed gyms, had everybody stay inside and eat DoorDash, and the, the obesity rate skyrocketed in adults and children. It would be impossible for me as a very logic-driven person to in any way think that we're not well over 50% obesity, and the childhood obesity rate was shown to increase uh, at a greater rate than it had in 10 years. Like The rate of, of children that entered obesity was 10 times what it should be. Um, from 2020. So we basically fattened the herd. Um, you can view that as it was purposeful or not purposeful. I don't care. But I must say that they are cashing in. They've fattened the herd. And now they're cashing in. The press for weight loss drugs and weight loss surgery is exactly what I said it would be. Um, and again, I pointed this out in my other live. This actually helps my company. It helps us out because people are, the, the more they bring weight loss to the forefront, the better. We did go just go through a period of time, like five or six years, where very much so you could not even call somebody fat without it being seen as some sort of societal crime was broken. Um, uh, that you were all of a sudden immediately racist and uh, fat phobic and blah, blah, all the craziness, right? And now um, they're Openly pushing that being morbidly obese is bad for you, which is a good thing. People should realize that being morbidly obese is, in fact, bad for you. If you are morbidly obese 100% of the time, you are unhealthy if for no other reason than gravity exists. I will absolutely agree with this. It is just the methodology that is being used and the terminology that's being used by these pharmaceutical companies that are, in fact, uh, one misleading, uh, in, in some instances, openly false, just openly, openly false. Uh, a lady that helped develop uh, these drugs, Wegovy and Ozempic, which are weight loss drugs that are being widely used right now, openly said on an interview on 60 Minutes the other day that sometimes people can eat optimally, exercise, get plenty of rest, stress relief and hydration and not lose weight. And that is openly false. If you are not if you are not losing weight from a morbidly obese state, you're not eating optimally for your specific individualization of your biology and all like that. There are many factors. Sometimes people have a lower basal metabolic rate and sometimes people have disabilities or are on medications or those sorts of things. I will argue that if you're on a medication that is making, that is making it so you have a hard time losing weight or it is causing you to gain weight because your appetite is out of control or it causes you to be lethargic and you can't have that much energy expenditure, or it is crushing your basal metabolic rate for some reason, You should talk to your doctor about whether the the necessity to be on that drug is valid and worth the risk of being morbidly obese. Because the thing is, for about five or six years, they removed the possible risk aspect of being morbidly obese. It got to the point where people would not like they could walk into your doctor's office and say, don't weigh me. Then don't go to the doctor. It's, It's a it's a it's a actual physiological statistic that's needed. Like your weight is part of your health. And to try to decouple that is an extremely dangerous decoupling of logic, reason, and critical thinking, right? Um, but yet alone, we have people being like, "You, you can't tell if I'm healthy, healthy by looking at me." If you're morbidly obese, we most certainly can. And people, like tons of people, placating the, "No matter how little I eat, I can't lose weight," which is openly, just openly against the laws of physics. We, I mean, we're, we're being out and out absolutely ridiculous about this. The truth of the matter is many people eat more calories than what they even think they do, but they eat more calories than they need for their daily caloric expenditure. And that causes them to reach a higher weight uh, on a consistent basis. If you consistently eat, if you weigh 150 pounds and you consistently eat 500 more calories a day, every single day, then your body actually burns and expends through what you actually move around, your basal metabolic rate, your non-energy expenditure, Uh, activity and your actual activity. If you are in a 500 calorie surplus in the course of the year, you're going to gain about 50 pounds of body fat and or uh, body mass, depending on how you treat your body. But at certain stages, you're going to get to the point where it's not going to gain any more muscle. You've reached your natural muscle building, maximum potential, and it'll just be in the form of fat. Speaking as somebody that's lost 100 pounds myself, I can clearly tell you that this is it's a uh, (laughs) it is an unhealthy state to live in i was not healthy when i was morbidly obese I, weigh, I weighed about 100 pounds more than i do now and it was not healthy for me period it's it's not it's not even a question you know um, my wife and i have dedicated our lives to trying to come up with methodology and coaching uh, i mean you can get our coaching in the description box below and you know, shameless plug of course but you can get our coaching in the comments i just put in the description box below we have our new year's specials running and we have devised methodology which is also explained in the hunger management book right up here uh, our newest book out that it, it helps out with you know making sure we try to manage your hunger we want you to be as minimally hungry as possible therefore we minimize your calories down because you're not eating in a way that is causing you to be extraneous and hungry things like eating protein and healthy fat for first in, first in the day if you have any carbohydrates you put them off later in the day because oftentimes carbohydrates especially ultra processed carbohydrates make you hungrier so there are methodologies and ways to help yourself not be as hungry to just ambiently without feeling like you're even restricting yourself or even feeling like you're hungry at all on a diet at all you can reduce your total daily caloric intake which then would reduce your total daily you know your total uh, weight, which would because your body, if you get yourself into a uh, caloric calorie deficit, you will lose weight. Um, that's one of the reason why we develop no morbidity, which is right up here. It's because it's a non-stimulant non-thermogenic based appetite suppressant. So it actually helps people in a state of increased satiation and decreased hunger as well as increased stress relief through its ingredients to get better sleep, better, you'll know, feel better about themselves, but also to be just less hungry and fuller on less food. Because it works on the biological mechanism producing the hunger hormone in your stomach, as well as several other ingredients that help out with uh, the decoupling of the protein one NAs from uh, brown adipose tissue uh, in the stomach. You know, like I mean, it, it's it's we we're trying methods. These are just methods. These are tools to use. But it all boils down to how much how many calories you ingest. And the sad thing is, is these harsh pharmaceuticals that are being used now. Which again, I will tell you. I'm not saying that they don't work on this channel you can check out my lives i've gone over the studies and results from their very own websites including the massive listing of side effects because that is the difference no side effects lots of side effects from these pharmaceuticals Um, i've gone over them ad nauseum and i'm not saying that they don't work but 20 percent of body mass lost in 68 weeks is not something that as a weight loss coach i would be super happy about or super proud about if they were my client but also for the cost, which is very costly, $1,300 a month sometimes without insurance, uh, and the uh, uh, the the risk of many things that come from this, I just don't find it to be um, the first thing we should go to at the very least. Right? If you can't manage your hunger via nutrition, you know, maybe try some supplements. If you can't, because the the much lower risk factor and much lower cost factor. You know, this over here is, 30, is $40 a month. And oftentimes from what everybody says, thousands of people taking it right now literally pays for itself many times over in the food you save. And I'm not saying that you don't eat less on these uh, on these drugs that we're about to talk about, because that is the point of them. Um, it's weird how a lot of these people that are you know pushing for these drugs. Uh, uh, pushing for these, uh, um, you know, pharmaceutical interventions, a lot of times that they say it's not about how much you eat. It's, you know, this and that, and our drug will help you. When the drugs, as you'll see in this, are literally designed to just make you eat less. They openly state this. It makes you eat less. It makes you less hungry. It makes you fuller on less food. Um, And that's great. Um, Like I said, if it's a last resort, I'm not even, I am not even against bariatric surgery, which is where, uh, there's two or three different types. You get the lap band, which is basically a piece of apparatus that they go, that they fill up with saline that closes down on the on the stomach and makes it so your stomach has a smaller surface area that can be removed. There's also the uh, gastric sleeve, which is basically the amputation of three-fourths of the person's stomach. That it makes it kind of like instead of your stomach looking like it comes down from a tube here and then it goes out and it comes bulbous out here, they kind of cut this down so it just looks like one long sleeve. Um, and then there's the thing called um, uh, gastric uh, rerouting, basically the duodenal switch, which is where they just go straight from uh, the top of the stomach. They make a little pouch uh, at the top of the stomach and then they reroute it right down to into the intestines. So it actually skips a huge portion of the stomach and absorption of the nutrients and calories that would be needed. And it, uh, oftentimes people that have been very, very big, such as if they've been like five or 600 pounds and they get bariatric surgery, They get what's called the two step, which is they get the gastric sleeve first. And then after about a year of having the gastric sleeve, um, they'll have rapid acute weight loss because they can't really take in calories and there's much less absorption of the actual nutrients. Um, They'll start regaining unless they do something else, unless they have adjusted their lifestyle skills, because that's what we tell everybody that this is for. This up here is a tool to buy you time in a state of diminished hunger and increased stress relief to adjust your lifestyle habits, to get to the point where you're drinking an ounce of fluid, non-alcoholic fluid, non-caloric non-alcoholic fluid, an ounce of it per day, per pound of your body mass, getting plenty of adequate sleep, addressing your sleep issues, getting habitual daily activity that you like to do, building the habit of doing that, eating whole foods when keeping ultra processed carbohydrates to about 5% maximum of your total daily caloric intake, and even processed foods down in below 10%. Right now, anywhere between 50 and 60 percent of the entire American diet is processed foods. And that's a very serious issue that I don't understand why we're not going to address that first before we get to the point where we're going to talk, talk about this article. Um, This article, it was released initially in the AP. Uh, I believe I have it brought up from uh, the New York Post. And this article is kind of crazy to me. I, I, I wish we could go before we would get to. Uh, pharmaceutical and surgical intervention, I wish we could get to the point where we maybe completely eliminate, uh, for obese children especially, processed foods. If you can have your child eat nothing but fruits and vegetables and uh, meats, you know, most of the time they'll be at a normalized weight as long as they get some activity in, they'll they'll be at a healthy weight. And I've had people tell me like, I don't want my kid to feel, uh, I don't want my kid to feel like he's different, or I don't want my kid to feel like he is—he's uh, being punished or anything like that. Uh, health is never a punishment, and I find it kind of messed up that we are more worried about our children's feelings based around if they fit in, about eating complete garbage, than we are about their entire health. People would much rather, you know, use drugs and surgery on their kids so they don't be, so they aren't obese, than uh, actually parent them. In my opinion. Uh, This is a new they're calling this the new guidance use uh, use drugs and surgery early for obesity in kids instead of using, you know, lifestyle change and exercise. We're now all the way to using drugs and surgeries early for obesity in kids, basically because the AP is also the same people that will tell you that exercises means you're a white supremacist and things of that nature. Like we're literally at that stage of clown world where morbidly obese people bark back and say that they're healthy and we shouldn't tell them that they're not um, even though they are a societal burden, uh, 2.7 to $3 trillion a year in shared societal burden for uh, avoidable lifestyle driven chronic illnesses in our society. These are CDC numbers, by the way, Um, you know, cardiovascular disease, type two diabetes, osteoarthritis, uh, non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, many types of cancer. Uh, kidney disease, you know, strokes, uh, all of this stuff, uh, avoidable with lifestyle change. But instead of us looking to lifestyle change, even though it's literally on the CDC website, um, we're just gonna go straight to this new guidance of uh, chopping off three fourths of your child's stomach and giving them uh, harsh pharmaceuticals. Uh, this is from January 9th, so today, uh, by the Associated Press, and it says that children struggling with obesity should be evaluated and treated early and aggressively, including with medications for kids as young as 12 and surgeries for as young as 13 years old. Uh, that's kind of crazy to me. Uh, absolutely kind of crazy to me. Uh, the long-standing practice of uh, waiting, uh, watchful waiting, which you shouldn't, like, I don't understand why that was a practice. If your child's fat, do something about it. It's abuse if you don't. If you're going to watch and wait to see if your child regulates out, you're the actual parent. You should not be watching and waiting. You should be actively doing something. You should be getting off of probably your fat ass because you're probably obese as fuck also, and your child just got its bad, their bad habits from watching you and what you feed them. So you should take ownership of yourself and get off of your fat ass, fix your shit too, and then maybe you won't have a fat child. But or delay, uh, So the longstanding practice of watchful waiting or delaying treatment to see whether children and teens outgrow or overcome obesity on their own, only worsens the uh, the problem that affects more than 14.4 million young people in the U.S. Um, the watchful waiting and seeing if your child figures it out. I mean, you're the parent. You are the parent. Take control of what your child is doing and help them. Actually, parent them. I don't. I don't. I don't understand if this is actually the practice. I don't even get it because it's kind of disgusting to me. Um, left untreated, obesity can lead to lifelong health problems, including high blood pressure, diabetes, and depression. It's amazing how we're saying this now, whereas for the last four or five years, they were literally trying to completely, I mean, I'm talk- five years ago, I was being erased from the internet for saying that being fat is bad for you. Um, and now because they can sell pharma next to it. And again, like I said, their marketing is going to help my our marketing because we have a very seriously effective at, you know, non-stimulant, non-thermogenic based, no side effect uh, supplement that's very inexpensive. Uh, it are the lowest copay I saw for these pharmaceuticals was more expensive than ours. Um, uh, so it's going to help me out. But at the same time, I'm finding it kind of amazing that all of a sudden that we're switching, even though I'm saying I find it amazing, even though those people that know me and watch my channel and watch my content Know that I absolutely predicted this for years now. I said that they were going to even go after the children when it came to this. Um, I mean, I've been I've been right about a lot of the, a lot of these things, and uh, just saying uh, waiting waiting doesn't work," said Doctor Something. I can't pronounce her name. Annelli, co-author of the first guidance of childhood obesity in 15 years from the American Academy of Pediatrics. So I'm just going to put this out there, and people don't need to believe me but the healthcare industry has, I was a healthcare executive. Uh, I focused on nutrition. I ran the nutrition departments for hospitals, skilled nursings, long-term cares, assisted livings, a few jails, um, free standing Alzheimer's units, uh, independent living communities. I ran the nutrition departments for them, employing, uh, doctors, physicians, assistants, dietitians, food service directors. You know, I sat on a couple of the boards that helped write out, uh, outbreak plans and disaster plans for entire counties in America. Before I became the angry bald man that yelled into a camera on a daily basis, I traveled around the Eastern United States uh, dealing with the nutritional needs and compliances of uh, healthcare facilities. That's literally what I did. And I can tell you this right now. I have lost complete faith in the healthcare system and our healthcare industry. And it is an absolute industry. It is all about the money. The same thing with the pharmaceutical industry. Um, But... Uh, we will see it, what we see is a continuation of weight gain and the likelihood that they'll have obesity in adulthood. Now, this would be great. I mean, I, OK, like, like we're addressing something. But where were you guys three years ago when we told children to stay inside, not go outside? And that exercise was, in fact, because this is on AP. Uh, the AP is actually somebody that says that exercise is, in fact, white supremacist. Uh, I mean, that's I'm not joking. Uh, 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 Associated Press. Exercise white. Um, let's see. Uh, so, uh, oh, it was time. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. Uh, it they talk about this a lot too. So, uh, I mean, so it it. it I, I it was Time Magazine, not them. Crazy. It was Time Magazine. Um, For the first time, the group's guidance sets ages at which kids and teens should be offered medication treatments such as drugs and surgery in addition to in addition to intensive diet, exercise and other behavioral lifestyle interventions. If you have intensive diet, exercise and behavioral lifestyle interventions, very I I don't like what child is actually going to need very serious medications or uh, or surgery. I, I just I, I find that I find that that would be such a minute, minuscule uh, aspect of people that is probably st- like almost zero um, percent. I believe that that number is very similar to the ch- number of children that would be at high risk of COVID. Uh, in addition to OK, so I went over that. Um, in general, doctors should offer adolescents 12 or older who have obesity access to appropriate drugs in teens 13 or older with severe obesity referrals for weight loss surgery. If your child is severely obese at 13 years old, you've abused them. I mean, you may not realize it, but they, they have been abused by your unhealthy habits that you have put onto them. It is not in any way foreseeable that they have in any other, in any other way you have abused them. You should uh, face the fact that even with uh, surgery, if you don't change their lifestyle, which means change your lifestyle, they will regain all that weight and they will in fact uh, still suffer. And they'll just have had a very serious, completely life altering surgery. Um, These surgeries, when you get them, you should never drink alcohol again. A lot of them become, the people that get bariatric surgery become alcoholics. Um, When you put them on these medications, uh, there's very serious deleterious effects to them. We have no idea, we have no idea the long-term effects of children on these, on these medications. None. We have no idea. I know that long-term, you know, uh, long-term safety measures for new, for uh, new uses for drugs or even new drugs is not a 2020s thing. I understand that we don't even care anymore about long-term safety testing when it comes to the widely populatedly used uh, uh, therapies and drugs and stuff like that. I get it, but I would have thought that maybe we would be paying at least special attention with our children. But as we've seen with other types of therapies uh, that we have been giving to children without any long term safety data, that that seems to be out the window, too. So if you're willing to set the bar, once we have actually set the standard that we don't need long term safety data before we inject something into a child, that there's no need to do safety data on anything. Uh, apparently, because there's no long-term safety data on bariatric surgery for children, and there's no long-term safety data on using any of these harsh pharmaceuticals on children either, on what it will do to them in adulthood and stuff like that. There's just not any. Um, the, gui- the guidelines aim to reset the inaccurate view of obesity as a personal problem, maybe a failure of personal diligence, said Dr. Sandra Hissex medical director for the AAP Institute for Health, Healthy Childhood Weight and co-author of the guidelines. Shocking, I bet you money that she has some sort of association with uh, Novo Nordics. Um, this is no different than if you have asthma and now you have an inha- we have an inhaler for you. So we're trying to state that people that have asthma, it's the same thing as when somebody has obesity. Um, I don't understand how we've gotten to the point where again, as I said earlier, these people are decoupling personal responsibility from what you put in your mouth. Uh, It's one thing to have asthma because that could be a matter of your environment as you breathe in air and you aren't really in control of the air you breathe in, but you are absolutely in control of what you put in your mouth and you are even more in control of what your 12 year old puts in their mouth. Um, Young people who have a body mass index that meets uh, and exceeds the 95th percentile for children of the same age and gender are considered obese. Kids who reach or exceed the 120th percentile are considered to have severe obesity. BMI is a measure of body size based on calculations of height and weight. And if you don't wanna use BMI, for those people that are starting to freak out about it, if you don't wanna use BMI, we can always use waist to height ratio. And if your waist is, as a male, is is more than 50% of your total height in measurement, you are likely likely uh, overweight. And I believe it's 0.55, it's obese. I don't have those exact numbers off the top of my head. I'm not gonna rain man that for you today. <clears throat> obesity affects nearly 20% of kids and teens in the United States, about 42% of adults, according to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. And as I said, I have a hard time believing that that's not closer to 33% of children and well over 50% of adults, because I've been to Walmart. Uh, I've, been, I've been to Walmart recently, and I can tell you, uh, not only have I been to Walmart recently, but I've been to Walmarts in Florida, which isn't that bad, but I was at a Walmart in Pittsburgh uh, over Christmas, and we're over 60% obesity in America. I mean, easily. Uh, from what I saw, Uh, the group, the group's guidance takes into consideration that obesity is a biological problem and that the condition is complex, is a complex chronic disease, said Aaron Kelly, co-director of the Center for Pediatrics Obesity Medicine uh, in the University of Minnesota. So it is not, it is biological. It is apparently out of your control. Obesity, it says, is not a lifestyle problem. It's a lifestyle disease, uh, he said. It predominantly emerges from biological factors. Um, how is something that, that is, is a lifestyle disease anyway, the guidance comes with the guidance comes as new drug treatments for obesity and kids have emerged (laughs) shocking the, the, the guidance comes at the same time that these new treatments emerge. It's amazing. It's, can you imagine the actual like complete coincidence that new drug treatments for, for obesity, um, have emerged and all of a sudden magically like this guidance comes out, I, I, I wouldn't imagine at all that that has anything to do with money exchanging hands to these doctors or anything like that at all. No, no, no. Uh, including approved last, uh, last month of Wegovy, a weekly injection for use in children ages 12 and older, which I can't even believe I'm actually stating. Um, by the way, Wegovy is contraindicated in giving it to people who have depression. Now, you find me, a child who is severely morbidly obese at the age of 13 that does not have depression... Please, I will wait. Different doses of the drug called uh, smeglutide, smeglutide, I can never say it right, smeglutide uh, are also under different names and, treat, uh, and to treat diabetes. A recent study published in New England Journal of Medicine found that Wegovy, made by Novo Nordics, helped teens reduce their BMI by about 16% on average better than the result than the results in adults 16% reduction in bmi is much better than 60% result uh, reduction in body mass in, in uh, body mass just so everybody's understanding i do believe that that's pretty uh, that's that's a decently impressive figure i mean for if you had a 16% decrease in a 400 pound person who's 5'3" hang on a second let me let me check this out so bmi calculator we're just gonna go for a child, we're gonna do five foot four inches tall. And then I'm gonna find, say, a 350 pound child that's 400, at, 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 we'll, we'll do 300. We'll compute the BMI. So 51.5, 0.84. So we need to get that down to 43. Uh, so let's go to uh 43 so that that is about or that's a reduction uh of a 300 pound five foot four inch child that's a reduction to about 255 pounds so that's a loss of uh about 15 percent of their body mass as as is uh yeah that's that's the same that's the, that's actually the same i i was wrong uh that's the same that they claim um but anyway uh, within days, on the twenty third, uh, December 23rd, authorized pediatrician Dr. Claudia Fox has prescribed the drug to one of her patients, a 12-year-old girl. What could go wrong? It's because the 12-year-old girl is just going to uh, not eat like shit now because their parents are going to all of a sudden magically stop them from eating like shit. Uh, what it offers patients is the possibility of even having an almost normal body mass index. Uh, it's like a whole different level of improvement. It's a, mar- it's a miracle. It's magical. Amazing. The drug affects how the pathways between the brain and the gut regulate energy. Uh, an obesity researcher at L'Oreal Ch- Children's Hospital in Chicago, it works on how your brain and stomach communicate with one another and helps you feel more, more full than you would be. So it makes you less hungry. So therefore, it makes you magically eat less. So as a question, If it is a matter of eating less, why would you not change their diet to less caloric food to keep them full? It is a matter of keeping them full. And again, no morbidity keeps you full. Uh, But again, it's a matter of keeping them full. I thought you said this was a biological thing. I mean, I even heard one lady from the 60-minute interview say that eating optimally, dieting optimally, eating optimally, exercising optimally, sleeping, everything like that, for some people doesn't work then why does this drug get you to eat less? And I'm all for that because in my mind, that is the approach to take. That's why that we took the approach of hunger management also. I literally have a book right up here called The Hunger Management Method that you can get. It gives you a month of our app also. But if that's how the drug works, where does the biological factor come in? Because if it's just a matter of getting them to eat less, just make your fucking child eat less. Because that's what the drug does. You see, they even say it. Um, it works on how your brain and stomach communicate with one another and helps you feel more full than you would be. Still, specific doses of smeglutide, smeglutide, smeglutide and other anti obesity drugs have been hard to get because of recent shortages caused by manufacturing problems and high demand spurred in part by celebrities on, and tick, on TikTok and other social media uh, platforms boasting about enhanced weight loss, which means they're selling a lot of it. I would like to know how we got billions and billions and billions of doses of a brand new therapy that was given out to a massive portion of the human population. But a few uh, people from Hollywood taking this is somehow spiking the demand, which also happens to spike the price. It's kind of shocking about that. Right. Um, crazy. Uh, absolutely crazy, just questions. You're questioning the pharmaceutical industry and the healthcare industry. We don't do that here. I just have random questions to ask because when I smell bullshit, I want to say I smell bullshit. Uh, still specific, uh, that's uh, in addition, many insurers won't pay for the medication, which costs about $1,300 a month. I sent the uh, I sent the prescription yesterday. I'm not holding my breath. The insurance will cover it. $1,300 a month, say they pay $300 out of their pocket copay, then we bill insurance $1,000 for that a month. $1,000 a month. There is no indication that in order to keep the weight off, unless they have certain lifestyle mitigation, that people are going to be able to come off of this medication. So for the rest of your life, $300 a month copay, $1,000 a month out of, your, uh, out of insurance. So you're not going to be paying $1,000 for your insurance a month. I can guarantee that shit. I want for a child, for one person, you're not gonna be paying a thousand dollars. So you know how that works? Insurance starts covering the fifty or sixty million people that they will immediately all of a sudden find the demand find the supply to get this to. Because trust me, if insurance starts covering this or it becomes covered by Med D, which is basically the taxpayer version, the uh, the Medicare, Medicaid version of the pharmace- uh, of pharmaceutical insurance. If all of a sudden it does get covered by either private insurance or or, uh, Medicare, Medicaid, uh, I bet you they all of a sudden find the supply. I bet you they're all of a sudden able to give it to anybody that possibly wants it. I bet you that they will gladly give 50 million or so prescriptions out for this. 50 million, just so everybody (laughs) understands, 50 million times 1,000, that is a lot. That is $50 billion a month a month a month 50 billion dollars a month that is 600 billion dollars a year in shared healthcare expenditure that we could possibly see be put onto the shared healthcare insurance expenditure so if insurance starts covering another 60 billion dollars a year in pharmaceutical costs for all of America guess where that money's coming from your healthcare rates your your insurance rates are going to absolutely skyrocket higher than they can because that is the problem when we try to ignore obesity. Obesity is a burden upon our society. It actually causes massive amounts of avoidable death, but it also causes massive amounts of shared societal burden on our healthcare system resource wise as it takes up most of the resources because a huge 90% of all of our healthcare expenditure in the United States, as per the CDC, is literally from chronic illness and mental illness. But 80% of that is from avoidable lifestyle-driven chronic illness from people that eat too much, smoke too much, drink too much. So therefore, if we add another $600 billion a year onto our insurance expenditure, you'd think the insurance companies are going to go broke or make a profit. Which one is it going to be? Insurance companies are going to make the profit. So therefore, everybody's insurance rates are going to skyrocket because people can't say no to cake. This is all a ploy to, one, normalize the injection of children with medication that they'll likely, once you start medicating people, you stay medicated for the rest of your life. Accept that shit, all right? But also, this is just very unhealthy as on a societal level. This is literally the fleecing of people, of the people, we the people. This is a money grab for insurance companies, pharmaceutical companies, it is an insurance grab for very, very rich people for us to pay more of our money every single month. It is a it is a way to impoverish people after they have already fattened the herd. They've fattened the herd, and now to unfatten the herd, they are going to impoverish the herd. We are already at trillions of dollars a year of shared healthcare expenditures. This would push this could push this up, not to mention the side effects from this drug. This could push us up into a shared societal burden for obesity and lifestyle-driven chronic illnesses of $4 trillion a year. This is not sustainable. People need to take personal responsibility. If they want to go on this medication, I would at least beg, 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 that you try lifestyle mitigation. You try less expensive out-of-pocket supplements so you don't burden society such as ours. And I know it's a shameless plug, but for real. But also, I would suggest that you, if you do go on this medication, do whatever you can to try to make it so your lifestyle habits develop to a point where you can go off of it at some point in time. Because it is, in fact, not just being... Like, people think that, oh, insurance paid for it. It's okay. It's just insurance. No, that's everybody. Because for everybody that spends $3,000 a month on pharmaceuticals and healthcare, there's somebody or a larger group of people that don't spend that and then have to fucking pay for it. And they have to pay higher rates because you. Because you... The $3,000 a month person raises the rates of people that don't even use their health care insurance every month. Because math. Um, One expert in pediatric obesity cautioned that while kids with obesity must be treated early and intensively, he worries that the same doctors may be too quick to turn to drugs and surgery. You think so? You think so? Uh, It's not that I'm against the medications. Again, I agree with Dr. Robert Lustig. I've even gone over a few of the uh, things he's done. He's a big advocate of that sugar is an addictive substance. A longtime specialist in pediatric endocrinology at the University of California, San Francisco. I'm against the willy nilly use of those medications without addressing the cause of the problem. And that's because they're trying to make it seem like the cause of the problem is genetics. They're trying to make it seem like it's not lifestyle driven as it was set up earlier when it absolutely is. We all know that people just eat too much. That's what makes everybody fat. Right. So here's my thought process. And I'm then I'm going to talk to take a few comments and then I'm going to get get off here because I got shit. I got to get done. And I'm taking a class, by the way, uh, you can join our app. I am taking my wife's class this evening. Um, it is going to be an amazing class, it's called Build Up Boot Camp. I just want to tell everybody about it. I'm super, super, super happy. I'm taking it, and super proud of her. Here's uh, the link if you want to get a consultation from me. If anything I've said has resonated with you, and you want to have a 30 minute consultation, here is the link to that. You can get our app of the month for it. It gives the live or pre-recorded classes that my wife teaches uh, every given day. Again, tonight is Build Up Boot Camp class. I cannot abs. I absolutely cannot wait. Uh, absolutely super, super, super excited. Um, you can also. Uh, here's our coaching for our new year's prices, daily communication, weekly video conferences. We help you adjust your lifestyle so you can get to and stay at a healthy weight. You know, it, it's lifestyle mitigation. Uh, now I'm going to talk, uh, I'm going to answer a few questions I saw, and then I do need to get off of here. Um, uh, no, it is not, it is not the the P word. It is Novo Nordics. Um, and they are also, Novo Nordics is also a corporate partner of the CDC and FDA. Just, just so you know, um, Let's see. So big picture can uh, get everyone on socialized healthcare, get them all to do drugs, maintain their health. Big cash. It, 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 that's it. Exactly. Uh, I'm interested in Alan's opinion upon metformin. Metformin does have some side effects. Uh, there are many studies that show that berberine in a head to head studies is more or the same effective, especially because berberine has low uh, has a much lower side effects, much lower if non-existent side effect profile. Some people get some stomach distress from it. That's about it. Um, and it has been shown to be more effective in the managing of PCOS symptoms for women with PCOS than metformin. Uh, I'm not against metformin. I just believe that they prescribe it like chiclets to everybody and when you could easily uh, start with lifestyle mitigation. Like, I don't like if you have type 2 diabetes or you are pre diabetic, before you go on any medication, fix your fucking lifestyle. It's impo- There's almost not one human being that is pre diabetic or diabetic that does not ingest ultra processed carbohydrates, especially processed sugar, not one. I don't, like, before we actually all share societal burden for this, maybe that person could save some money and eat less sugar and process carbohydrates, is how I view that stuff. Uh, but metformin is shown to be a very, uh, very effective drug that actually has some longevity effects to it besides the side effects. It's not, I'm not against, that's the thing, I'm not against pharmaceuticals. I just think they should be a last resort. Same thing with surgery. Uh, berberine is much better than metformin. Absolutely. I, I, I agree with that 100, you know, that's what I always say too, so... Um, listen, guys, I didn't want to be on here super long. I do have another video coming out uh, you know, pretty uh, pretty soon. Uh, but I did just want to say, like, please, please, please do yourself this favor. Like, if you're not going to listen to me, I get it. If you don't want my coaching, if you don't want my book, if you don't want to buy No, no More I understand. But do yourself a favor. Try to drink an ounce of fluid per pound of your body mass every single day. Non-alcoholic, non-caloric fluid every single day. Okay. Try to get between six to eight hours of quality sleep. Give yourself 30 minutes a day to try to set a nice sleep routine for yourself. Make sure the room temperature is right. Make sure the pillows are fluffed. Make sure you've got an extra blanket if you've been having trouble sleeping. Sometimes the weight helps. Maybe take a contrast shower, which is three minutes hot, one minute cold, two minutes hot, one minute cold, one minute hot, one minute cold. Get out, dry yourself off and get into the nice warm bed. And as it warms you back up, it might relax you and you can fall asleep, right? Try to make sure that you are eating in a caloric range that is like somewhere close to your goals. If you are not a very active person, if your most activity you get is like a 30-minute walk a day, take what your ideal weight would be, multiply it by 10, and then multiply it by 12. That is your range. 10 should be the minimum number of calories you eat. So say if you want to be 150 pounds, 1,500 calories. If you want to be... Uh, that 1500 calories, then up to what would it be 1800 calories, 1500 to 1800 calories is kind of the range you should stay in for caloric intake. If you are mildly active, if you just kind of walk around on a given day, try to keep it there. And then try to make sure that you're getting habitual activity that you like to do, you should never have a day where you don't at least not on your feet for about 30 or 40 minutes, walking around doing something house chores, something like that. Try to make sure you get proper stress relief, put your phone down, talk to You know, talk to friends actually in person, have a good time, play some board games, watch something funny, but whatever you do, try to have healthy lifestyle first. Try to completely eliminate or at least extremely minimize, if you can, the ingestion of processed food, especially ultra processed carbohydrates, which are shown just in themselves to be highly inflammatory. These are all the principles that we teach all of our coaching clients. We help morph their lifestyle bit by bit by bit. And I just wanted to put that out there for you because I am telling you, and I am being proven correct again, the push for pharmaceutical and, pharmaceutical and surgical intervention for weight loss is going to be extreme in these next couple of years. And I mean extreme. I've even warned people that if they were able to mandate masks, they could easily mandate some shit like this. Just be aware; they could say it is an unnecessary burden upon our healthcare system, and in order to avoid healthcare system collapse, we need people to lose weight. Period. I mean, they could easily do it. The precedence is set. That's the problem with setting a precedence like that, because then they can say anything they want, and they can mitigate any t- any portion of your life that they want, based off of protecting the healthcare system from collapse, so we don't have too many people die. So just be mindful that we should try as a people to encourage everybody to be as healthy as possible. And I'm sorry, but if you are just gluttoning yourself in a time when the healthcare system is being used against us in many ways, including hampering it in on our freedom, that it is very, very, very understandable that people like me and others are going to tell you to lose some fucking weight because it is disrespectful to the rest of society, our planet, people around you, and yourself. So... In closing, please take care of yourselves. God damn.